One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome down to the Rick Shields podcast, everybody, where today we have an incredibly special guest. He is not only the tallest man in Great Britain, he's the tallest man in Europe. He is a five handicapped golfer, ex-professional basketball player for the Harlem Globetrotters, a five handicapper, a living legend, a really, really nice guy, aka Tiny, aka Tall Paul. Welcome everybody, Paul Sturgis to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Great that, introduction again. Was that intro okay? That's the fourth intro we've done so far. <laughs> First was the best. We had some complications with wind noise. That was all right. It wasn't the best that though, was it, Paul? But you'll take it, it I was guess. better than the previous attempt. Yeah, that was Paul. <laughs> so Paul is a guest on our channel. We've just actually shot a video down here at Trafford Golf Centre, which is going to be coming out very soon, where we find out how frigging far Paul can absolutely annihilate a golf ball. Because... Paul, you are right in saying not only a f- you're five handicap now, aren't you? I am. Yeah, came down uh, a couple of shots last year, um, struggling to maintain that level a little bit now after lockdown. But yeah, playing playing some pretty good golf. And you do hit the ball a long way. I do. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Because Paul is seven foot seven and a half inches. Yeah, that's right. It's the official height right now. That's the official measurement. When did you become the world's not the well, you're the world's tallest golfer, effectively. Unofficially, yeah. Well, you have to be. Yeah. If anybody well, is taller than Paul that plays golf, email in. But we don't think it's. Possible. And even if you do play golf, like a single figure, serious golfer. Correct. You well. have to be off five. <laughs> yeah. To, yeah. I think that's the only criteria. Well, anyway, how did I, I wasn't working with you, Rick, when you first met Paul? So tell us a story of how you two first met. Oh, it's a lovely story. So. Three years ago, we were at Close House and we got invited to play in the um, British Masters Pro-Am. Tyrrell Hatton was our pro and Ping actually invited me and said, listen, we've got a really cool opportunity. We're going to put a team in, Tyrrell Hatton's team, so obviously he's, he's Ping. And in that team is going to be a particularly incredible character because, like I say, seven foot, seven and a half inches, plays off single figure and it'd be cool to make a video on. And that's where we first met. And it was good. It was a good, fun day. It was really great, yeah. You were nervous before the opening tee shot, weren't you? I was you? incredibly nervous. Um, obviously, I've played in front of thousands in a basketball setting, but in a golfing setting, I'm just an average golfer, maybe a little bit above average, but playing in front of people is something I wouldn't want to do as a golfer. But standing on that first tee, par three, wasn't too confident, hoping I didn't shank it, but... Um, you yeah, nailed it. Ended up stiffing it and... Had a really, really great round. We, we did pretty good as a team and got some great footage. And it was a pleasure to, to spend the day with you and Tyrrell. I know. Well, my audience absolutely loved it. We made some videos and it actually ended up spurring us on to making some more videos a couple of years ago. So two years ago, we came, you came up to Manchester and we filmed um, a round of golf where we also swapped clubs in that round of golf, which was crazy. We need to come on to your golf clubs in a minute. And then last year, you played in the YouTube golf day with uh, Dan and Lincoln from What's Inside. Yeah. Uh, that was a, such a fun video watching you play with those guys. That was a wonderful experience as well. It's dead. Uh, obviously their youtube channel is so huge just to to hear some of the stories and some of the content they put out there um was really fascinating to hear about and just incredible incredible opportunity you've presented me with and oh don't be daft i think they loved playing with you yeah from what they told me they absolutely loved it Uh, yeah and i still keep uh uh in touch with them through instagram and uh they're they're really great people and considering how many people were there on the day from YouTube, social media, people like Brian McFadden, Carly Booth, yeah. the guys from Geordie Shaw, you were comfortably <laughs> the person who was asked 
to have a picture with the most, like comfortably. Yeah, most definitely. Um, <laughs> I was definitely made to feel welcome and um, obviously it was a really great day and for a great cause and um, played some pretty decent golf and I was really, really surprised like uh, how many spectators were there and that's a credit to you guys for, for building up such a great day and it was really a pleasure for me to be a part oh, of it. We loved it. It was unbelievable. You were definitely one of the highlights of the day for many people. Talking about your golf, so last time, a couple of years ago, you were off seven and you've come down to five now. Yep. Is that just hard work and practice? What's, what's, what do you feel's improved your game? Um, yeah, so at the time we, we filmed our last video, I was off seven and I actually went up to eight and I was really struggling and I was fiddling with a few things here and there and I don't know, I just started to work on my scoring clubs a little bit more, like 100 yards in and really focused on my putting. It was mainly like reading the lines and, and things like that. And Like yeah. tidying it up a little bit, would you say? Just being just, a bit tidier. Just and... Up and just being a little bit more diligent, not just mm. walking up to the put, oh, this is the line and then just hitting it. Actually have a good look at it and know my line and pick a spot. And I've started holding a lot more putts. And when you're off like single figure, a handicap, you have to scrape pars here and there. And yeah. That's that's uh, something I've been able to do and started scoring quite well. I've shot, actually shot a few rounds under par and um, the good golf is there. I've just got to be a bit more consistent with it. And have you got have you got ambitions to get much lower than five now? What's the goal? I wanted to get to to about three, but I think to get to that sort of level, you have to be hardcore with the practice, and I don't really have time with that. So. I think five, like category one, is always like the main aim for for a lot of golfers, and it was for mine. And just to maintain category one would be would be something great. So um, who knows? Because not only now are you, because you you've run a busy life. You go into schools a lot. You you talk to children about how it's acceptable to be different, which I think is amazing. I bet the kids love you at school, don't yeah, they? Oh my it's, goodness. Um, it's, it's, that's more of an intrinsic thing. It's nice for me to travel around the country, go to the schools and hopefully inspire a few children and let them know and see that someone that's so physically different has been able to lead a, quite a privileged life, really, and have some really wonderful opportunities. And if I can show them that how they feel about themselves, they can still make the most of it and do some positive things and who knows what can happen to achieve their dreams. Um, and I really, really enjoy doing that whilst I'm home and... Um, I'm spending a lot of time abroad filming um, a TV show right now. And I was going to say, you're a TV star and a movie star these days as well. Yeah, so for about three years now I've been um, acting um, and it's I guess you could say it's become full-time now. I'm spending a lot of time in New Zealand. Um, top secret, top, top se- secret. Top secret. Spoiler but, alert. <laughs> but yeah, I've, um, I'm, I'm doing something really, really cool right now and hopefully when I can talk about it we can, can let you know and a lot of people will probably see me out there, which is, I'm, like I say, I'm very, very fortunate, but I guess you could say I've kind of run with the cards I've been dealt. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, um, had some really cool things to do. Well, I suppose in, in some regards, and like I say, it's hard for any of us to, to ever put ourselves in your bloody size, what, 19 shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul had a new pair of golf shoes today, and they're just ridiculously <laughs> massive. Um it could have been quite easy to, I don't know, hide away and, and be quite, you know, insecure about it, I guess. But yeah. you've kind of run with it and, and made a career out of it. Yeah, most definitely. Um, growing up could have been quite tough, but I was always surrounded by like positive people and I was always quite heavily into sport. And obviously, at probably like 14, I was kind of pushed into basketball and had a, had, had a bit of natural ability to that. And I thought, yeah, if I can get a scholarship out of it, I'll do that. And I ended up getting out and then had an opportunity to turn professional. Um, am I right in saying you're the tallest ever professional basketball player? I am, yeah. I had the Guinness World Record. Uh, got, well, I've got the Guinness World Record hanging up at home. That's class. Um, is there anybody, like, coming up? Like, is there anybody that you have on your radar that you know is tall? And is like, is, I don't know, is that something you monitor or not bothered about? I'm not really bothered. I mean... Yeah, there's there's tall people out there that play basketball like seven two, seven three, but I don't think there's anyone like close to me. The closest would be Yao Ming and he's been and gone through basketball and I was taller than him, so if there is someone that comes through that's taller than me, great. I hope they have Do you uh, think they'll ever be an eight foot basketball player? 
who knows i mean there are eight foot people out there but that's uh, crazy the health, obviously the health issues and things like well, that well that was a question obviously listeners of the podcast will know i had a dream of joining the nba it lasted for one week and i decided that actually it's not for <laughs> me but obviously your tall goes without saying and basketballers are typically tall but you must have to also be skillful. You can't just be, surely you can't just be seven foot seven and then get given the ball. Like you have to have, I'm sure you have got a level of skill. And how, you know, how skillful do you still have to be? Do you still have to be super, super skillful? Or obviously is your height a huge advantage that your skill cannot be as? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no like being around the bush. I got presented with a lot of opportunities because of my height. Yeah. But to, to maintain like my spot in the team and things like that, I, I still had to be able and, for tall people, they look for mobility and being able to run up and down the court. And I've always been quite good mobility-wise and um, pretty much held my own. And I was, I've always been a very, very hard worker. I'd be like one of the first people to be at practice. And, um, and then obviously that takes you a long way. And um, You did a lot of travel as well, weren't, weren't you, when you were perfect? Is it Harlem Globetrotters, weren't it? Yeah. So, so it's like, what, just to explain, obviously, it's a, a very American thing, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. It's like a a traveling show to some description am i right in saying that yeah so they're an exhibition team so they they have like a, i guess you could say like a show um but it is uh, it's like half and half there's obviously the comedy side of things and there's obviously the real basketball but they're such a renowned brand and like we go to games and families are there that the parents have come to see the team when they were younger now they're bringing their, wow. their, their children to come and see uh, us play so it's such a um, such a wonderful experience to go to these huge arenas. I've played in all the biggest arenas around the world, and they've been packed out and just. Well, like Mad- is Madison Square Garden like one? Is that a yeah, basketball? I mean, Madison Square venue. Garden is like the mecca of basketball, they say, and Staples Center where the Lakers play. Um, and I've also been to like forty countries worldwide. Oh like my god! What's, this- what's travel like for you? Is travel hard? Yeah, it's quite difficult. Um, you try, I tend to have, like, the nicer seats up front. Um, but even then, like, even when you have, like, a lay-flat bed, uh, lay bed, I can't lay flat. I have to, like, bend my knees up a little bit, but it could be worse being cramped up in the, in the normal seats. But um, I've never really wanted to make a big deal out of it. I, obviously, I, it's nice to have these nicer things, but you kind of just get on with it. And... So, so that'll be a question, and following on from that, obviously, as you said, your height has brought you some great opportunities that, you, you know, you've worked hard as well to to further them and you know do really well and be so successful but what what are the challenges of being so tall obviously things that being on an aeroplane is, is obviously one but is there anything that we maybe wouldn't think of but then you found to be a bit of a challenge um yeah so obviously just everyday life really like i literally cannot walk anywhere without people staring at me taking yeah. photos of me talking to me um and i mean that kind of comes with the territory of being so tall and a little bit different um but sometimes you just want to go shopping and. Well, we I know it's it's a weird one because you literally can never hide. No. Like if you were David Beckham, and you wanted to go to the Trafford Centre, which is just across the road from us here, you could put a cap on, shades, you know, a bit of an overcoat, be very very discreet in and out, and, and nobody would ever see you. You can never do that. Literally cannot go anywhere. Some. I mean, there are days um, when I feel like, oh, I need to go do this, I need to go that, but it kind of puts me off because. Don't, I don't really feel like some days you just don't feel like dealing with people and I come across I mean I am a really nice guy and you I, are I was, a very nice guy and I try to be as long as people approach me the right way um, I'll take photos answer questions and things like that but there's some days you just want to go about your business do what you got to do and, and get on with it and that's not possible really but it is what it is it's, like, do you, want, do you almost feel sorry go on yeah everyone's uh, obviously has a curiosity nature and I mean, that's who I am, really, so... Do you almost sometimes feel most, I don't know, comfortable, let's say you're in a car? Because nobody knows, like, you could drive from A to B and nobody ever, nobody's going to yeah. disturb you, nobody knows how tall you are in the car. Like, that's a way of being a bit more, I don't know, you yeah. can do normal stuff, I suppose. But yeah. I bet a car's an issue for you. It is, yeah, I mean, that's another thing, you just get in, recline the seat back and get on with it. But I'm never really conscious of, oh, am I going to have to deal with this, deal with that? If I've got to do something, I'll just get on with it. But there are days where I certainly wish I, I was normal height and can, can just have a day without dealing with people. But 
It is what it I is. I bet it's more as well when you go to a new place because in your hometown or village or whatever, a lot of people will know you and it won't, you know, they'll see you in the street and they'll be, oh, there's Paul. But if you go, let's say, the Trafford Centre, we may not go very often, it's a shopping centre full of people, the vast yeah. majority of people have never seen you and are naturally going to be looking and wanting pictures. So yeah. that must be more when it's... I can guarantee if I came up here and went to the Trafford Centre, it would be a nightmare. Have you ever been to Trafford Centre? I have, yeah. And then, so it's a wonderful place, but there's nothing in there for me, so I, I don't waste my time going there. But I've dealt with people for 32 years and I'm going to deal with them for every day the rest of my life. And I've kind of accepted who I am and I'm different and... As you as you know, use it to my advantage. So. I, I like I said, I've spent a bit of time with you, and every time I have been with you, you've definitely always been stopped for pictures. Yeah, You're for sure. always, oh, it's just, he's always so nice. Bomb. Like YouTube golf days, we mentioned before. I mean, you literally were was hounded from start to finish, and you're just so lovely with it. Like because. Uh, for you, it's another picture, but for them, it's pictures they'll show their friends, their families. For we, yeah. I still show pictures of friends and family. The picture we had two years ago, three years ago, because it's so like everybody remembers having a picture with you. Like it is quite, well, you know, and you, it comes across that you understand that from the other person as long as they've asked nicely. Yeah, that, that's the main thing, as you just said there. As long as they approach me the right way and like ask me nicely, or if I, I can always tell you if someone's approaching me, if they're going to be like someone I don't really want to deal with, or or uh, the majority of people are nice. And look, I get it. Like if I was average height and saw someone like me walking around i'd look but i wouldn't i wouldn't be like get my camera phone out and like start videoing yeah, it's which some people do that's, that's one that's thing I hate. I hate when people get their phones out take a photo of me without even asking me it's almost like they've got a privilege to do yeah. it and they haven't that's that's invading your own you know personal space without your permission really yeah i mean like i said I don't, i'm i'm very rarely negative about the situation i mean it comes you've got to take the good with yeah, the bad yeah, of and, course it's safe to say uh, camera phones are my worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's crazy. And then with golf, your advantage, as we mentioned, is, is distance. You hit the ball a bloody long way. You swing it fast because of your long levers. What have you found the most challenging aspect of getting good at golf? Because I don't think we've talked about custom-fitted clubs. I think we did it in another take. <laughs> like, you had to get yeah. custom-fit recently. You know, what? talk us a bit through that. Yeah, so obviously the biggest challenge was having equipment that was right for me growing up i used to have like makeshift clubs and um custom fitting wasn't really huge back then and i still played a decent standard of golf back then and um i want to say about three four years ago i had the opportunity to to join uh go go with ping and go down to gainsborough and get the uh, custom fitted and they have the protocol for all the lie and everything uh for it to be perfect for me but like we said last time um the biggest thing that's made a difference to me is the, the grips. A lot of people would uh, assume like they need to be the right length and things like that, but the grip, because my hands are like huge, um, they've got 15 wraps of tape on them with um, a jumbo-sized grip. And, that's, that's ridiculous. And that is so for, for you guys, it'd be like we're like swinging a baseball bat oh, maybe. And well, two years ago, we swapped clubs for that hole, and I could. <laughs> it was one of the biggest standout features. It felt like I was holding... Like say well, a tennis tennis racket yeah. handle or something like that. I think what's weird with longer golf clubs is your sand iron, let's say, your pitching wedge is probably at the length of Rick's four iron. So obviously it feels very very long, but equally you're quite used to swinging a club of that length. Yeah, of I, mean, I know it's a different lofted club. But you're used to swinging a club that's forty odd inches or thirty odd inches, whatever it might be. But we never would hold a golf club that is like almost like a coke can. It's that's what feels so <laughs> yeah. different, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And then also, like I said, line goal is different, and the lengths are different. Like, how do you know off the top of your head how long, how much longer your seven iron is, for example? Yeah, so all my irons are four inches longer, um, which is quite considerable. Yeah, amount. massive. Um, but people kind of assume it would be longer. But um, even when I address the ball, people say, oh, you're quite hunched over and things like that. But I've got really long arms, so they feel absolutely perfect for me. Um, and they're two degrees upright, which is not huge. Well, that makes a big difference to, to the overall perception of length of the golf club as well when you yeah. make more upright. Yes, and um, unfortunately, my driver's only four, four inches longer. That's one club I've always been quite hit or miss with and I've been struggling recently. But I do feel like... They need to change the rule for amateurs like me that can maybe have like a 50-inch driver and 
Because it is literally, you think it's just too short for you. It does you? look too short for you. It's the one club when you're swinging it, it looks like you're going to snap it. Like yeah. when you've got your seven iron, it looks like you said, it looks quite short, but then you've got long arms, so it kind of makes sense. But your driver looks like a kid's toy yeah. still. Yeah, I mean, it's the one, like like I say, I hit my irons huge, like the, the club head speed is there, but it just never relates to the driver just going like 400 yards or something. Yeah. And I, f- I, feel, I do feel like I'm definitely hindered by having only a 40, eight four, inch, 48-inch yeah. driver. Um, but yeah, just, just get on with it, really. Swing it and rip it, hopefully. And well, you bloody do. Like I say, the video coming out soon, you're going to see that. It's just absolutely outrageously ridiculous. Got a good question for you then, Paul. We've put this on, uh, on Rick's Facebook page, asking for you know questions. People want to hear what you've got to say. So James has asked us, how often do you play? And because you are so tall, does it put extra stress uh, on your body when you're playing so much golf or when you do play more golf do you feel it more um so during the summertime i play i play a lot um like four or five times a week at least um but i try and get to the range every other day as well um but i've always been really fit and quite active so i mean sometimes you get achy backs especially mm-hmm. if you're having a bad round you're having a few more extra swings um but yeah as a whole i've always like touched wood somewhere um been very healthy and taken care of my body and been quite lucky that I don't really have any um, aches or ailments. So. And you don't carry your bag these days, do you? I don't know. I've, I've seen this little thing, <laughs> this, this uh, device you've been posting on Instagram lots. Yeah, I've got one of those uh, remote control trolleys. <laughs> um, makes it a little bit easier. <laughs> one you, less thing to worry about. Have you crashed it yet? Several times. Have you honestly? Yeah. <laughs> or, actually, last week I almost put it into a ditch, like looking at my phone whilst it's going ahead. And oh my god! Literally stopped it at the last minute. But does it like walk with you, or do you always have to remote it? Um, yeah, so you can literally just set it to follow, and it walks behind you. But it's a little bit slow, so I kind of just set it to one pace and go. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; I know how much of a luxury it is, but. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's one less thing to worry about. Not is. having to carry my golf clubs and yeah, yeah. I think you should definitely. <laughs> so, like I say, you play. It's good. To, it's good to know you play lots of golf. Like I say, it's um, you know certainly with all the travel, you're you're hoping as well to be able to take your golf clubs and tr- and play a little bit more wherever you go. I suppose as well, aren't you? Yeah. So I spent um, start of the year. I spent a bit of time in New Zealand um, doing this TV show, and I actually didn't take my golf clubs with me because I thought I'd need a bit more clothes. And there was a golf course literally across the street from, and it was just torturing. I I did go to the range a couple of times and just hit, like, standard clubs. You can't hire clubs, can you, really? Let's be honest. I just wanted to swing a club, so I just, I don't know, I think it was like a six iron, and it it was like a baby club, but it was just nice to get out there and swing a little bit, but... Safe to say, when I go back in August, I will definitely be taking my golf clubs. Yeah, if you're there a long time, you could do with another set. Well, yeah. Second set, keep a set over there so you don't have to lug them about. (laughs) Because um, we talked about the irons and the, and the driver, the putter is something we definitely need to talk about as well. Because that that seems very like my putter's thirty four inches. Yeah. I mean, yours must is it forty odd inches? I can't really remember that. We yeah, have had this forty four. I believe it's forty four inches. I mean, that's I mean ten inches longer than my putter. Yeah. I, I, I don't know really. Like growing up, putting has always been like my strongest part of my game. And even when we filmed our videos in the past. You're a good putter, a really good. Putts, yeah, yeah. Um, but to, just to have this custom fitted um, putter now, it's it's made it a lot more easier. I'm not hunched over, and I d- it it just feels perfect. It's got quite a fit group on as well, and yeah, ho- hopefully roll in some more putts, get me down, handicap down a bit. It works for you, definitely. A video, I think we should plug when we obviously we've got the video that's ad- out now. When people listen to this, or out very soon, which is the longest drive one. But as you've said, you guys filmed two videos about two years ago. And one that did really well was where you swapped golf clubs, as we've mentioned. That was really fun. But we also filmed the other video, which has been a little bit slept on. It's gone a bit under 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 the radar. And it's called, uh, well, if you search for Rick Shields on YouTube and Tallest Golfer, but the actual video is called Teeing It Up With The World's Tallest Golfer. And say it's, it's only had 150,000 views when the other one had like 1.5 million. <laughs> so it's kind of not been anywhere near as well. But that video was really good because that shows your clubs compared to yeah. Rick's. Such a good video. You might have that. a bit of a different set now. I can't remember what Ian had at the time, but obviously everything was the same length and everything. Yeah. So if, if you are interested in seeing Paul's clubs in a bit more depth, go on to that video on YouTube uh, and check it out. It is, it say yeah, so it's it's a really good one, one of my favourite videos because we a bit like this now, we're chatting about 
the the pros and cons and uh, you know the background and everything else which is just so in- incredible yeah i mean we went through the whole spec as well everything's on there and every all the specs the same now so i, I do get people quite often ask me on social media like what's what's your specs on your golf club so if there's anyone out there they can it's, it's really there, good video it's there so, to be seen yeah yeah send them over to the video <laughs> another one i've got for you then paul i'm asking this with a suspicious face are you an angry golfer because we've had a comment off somebody that I think knows you, or got a mutual friend, Mark Woolley. Does that okay. right? He said, <laughs> you know hey, him? He said, hey, Paul Sturgis, hope you're good. Are you still keeping your cool during the round? I like, I like how you even said that. It's almost like his, <laughs> his tone of voice. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course the cost well better help can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule it's surprisingly affordable too. connect with a credentialed therapist by phone video or online chat all from the comfort of your home visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10 percent on your first month that's better help h-e-l-p <laughs> i used to have a little bit of a temper um back in the day i'd I don't know, I'm, I'm, I was really, really passionate about golf and I was so obsessed with getting my handicap down if I hit a bad shot. And I've been known to f- throw a club every now and Have again. Have you snapped a club? I've never intentionally snapped a club, no. Um, just throwing them? Just, just throwing them a little bit. But They're like bloody javeliers going through <laughs> the sky. <laughs> but, but post-lockdown, I'm just so happy to be back on the golf yeah, course nice, and I'm much it? more relaxed about it and um, who knows, it might come back, but... I guess you could say I'm not angry, I'm just passionate. Yeah. I mean, we Rolled saw a, gl- a couple of glimpses when he was hitting that four iron today. <laughs> a little bit of anger. I was thinking, oh my God. I'm going to G him up to get him to hit it harder. <laughs> Probably be longer than this, Paul. Come on, yeah. let's see it. What's, what's this? You're supposed, be, you're supposed to be able to hit it a million miles. <laughs> We'd already come up with the title of the video, but Paul did not disappoint. And honestly, you, you wait till you watch that video. So, well, leading on from that video, another um, from a top fan, this is Keith. He said, How far do you hit your driver and what's your swing speed? Um, well,. We'll have to watch the video and find out, nice won't we? So. Good plug. Well, I'll give you a little teaser. I think we got our it got Paul's fastest club head speed today around about 126 miles per hour. To put that into perspective, uh, Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy are all underneath 126 miles per hour. So, uh, yeah, expect the ball to go a bloody long way at that speed as long as he can find the middle. Um, <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, that, <laughs> what was more impressive, and again, you'll see it in the video, is you hit your irons a frigging mile. Like, ridiculous. Yeah. Do you not find that? Ham- do you not need, like, 10 frigging wedges in your bag or something? It is quite difficult um, with my gapping. Like, like I said earlier on when we were chatting in the video, my lob wedge is like 58 degrees, and that's like my most used club because 130 yards in is, is my lob wedge dis- distance. So you kind of have to do like half swings and three-quarter swings, um, which is quite difficult to do. But if I do hit a bad shot off the tee, I already know I'm going to be able to hit like a five iron and get myself back down there. And it's a good advantage to have in that aspect. Exactly. But, yeah. like, would you, do you use your three and your five wood much? I'm not a big fan of woods, to be honest. Um, 
I've been, like I said, I've been struggling with my driver since coming out of lockdown. So I've been teeing off with my forearm quite a lot. And when I hit it well off the tee, it can can go 250, 260 yards yeah. easily. And, yeah. Um, I mean, for a lot of people, that can be a driver, couldn't it? Oh, so, God, easy. Most um, people. Most people listening would love to hit, you know, a 260 drive. I think for you, just, you know, if you don't hit your three and your five would much, swap those for a, for a long, like a two iron, like you've mentioned, yeah. and put like a 62 degree wedge in your back. I think it would make such a big difference. Yeah, I have been toying with the idea of getting um, one of those crossover clubs, um, like a two iron or a one iron, maybe a two iron. But I definitely do need another wedge in the back because I've got 50, 54, 58. Um, and maybe like like say a 60 would probably be good for maybe 100 yards in yeah that would so just in a comment on the Facebook post uh, from a guy called Jay and he says I was at the range with a brother while you two were filming so he must have just been here minutes ago he's really tall was hoping you'd finish so we could come over and say hi it's a shame he didn't come over because I'm sure Paul would have said hi yep. from um, a distance <laughs> no pictures at the moment <laughs> Yeah, you should have come over and said hi. Like I thought you were going to say something else. Was <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was looking for more questions. <laughs> My no, bad. Like I said, I'm, I'm quite approachable, especially in a golf setting as well. And it's it's nice for people to see someone like me swing a golf club. I mean, I, quite often if I go to, to driving ranges away from where I am or golf clubs, they look at me like, what's he doing on a golf club? Is he on a basketball court? And then they don't realise, obviously. Yeah, you've I can, done that. Been I, there, done yeah, that. that. I can, slam dunk and in I can smack a ball quite well. Because so. what's your slam dunk video got on YouTube? That's got some views, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's just under 9 million views now. Nice. For something like so simple, just, well, I don't know, one day like the rim was quite loose and I wanted to snap it and bring the whole thing down. Did you do it? It didn't break. No, I wasn't quite strong enough, but... I don't know, I was standing there shaking It looks the good. I, I watched that one the other day. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, it's a good video. Check and it out. I don't know. A lot so you literally people, slammed it and then tried to shake the basket. Just did a and tried to like pull the pull the rim down, and I was standing on the ground, and yeah, literally like a couple of days after someone put it on, well, the team put it on YouTube, and it just blew up, and that was like my one big viral thing, and uh, pretty much everything else I've done since people taking interest in, which is which is really cool. Interesting one. Who's the most famous person that follows you on Instagram? Um. Rick's hoping you say Rick's well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, uh, you're one of them. Oh, but thank you. No, I appreciate <laughs> that. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, there's a couple of like actors in America that uh, follow me, but um, my favourite one would be Tyrrell Hatton. I mean, I'm such a big golf fan and having to having the opportunity to play with him. Well, it's nice that he followed someone back that day because he didn't follow me back. Uh, <laughs> he only uh, followed you. <laughs> <laughs> well... Hey, what can I say? You must have liked the way I play golf. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, um, oh, I had a really good point then. Oh. While you're thinking, Rick, um, if you listen to the podcast and you're enjoying it, go and check out Paul on Instagram. What's your handle, Paul? Paul Sturgis underscore. That's easy enough. Yep. And also, if you listen to the podcast on Apple and you're enjoying it, do rate it because we really appreciate it when people rate the podcast and subscribe. Well, we've got some news. Give everyone the news that happened last week, Guy. Okay, yes. The new, This is why Rick's thinking of his question, so I'm just going to fill a bit of time. I've got the question I've got the question. So the podcast is doing really well. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we, At the time of recording this, we are the number one golf podcast in Great Britain, which is really good. I think we are in the top five in the US. We were also put onto Apple's homepage of top um, podcasts for sports, above things like Sky Sports Football and stuff. So it's good to see that a podcast that we film every now and again when we can be bothered is doing all right. We just make it up as we go along. So thanks so much for everyone's support. We uh, appreciate it. That's funny. That's so funny. I was going to come on to it. After plugging your social media, why the hell have you still not set up this YouTube channel? Because I would watch anything that you do. I want to see Tall Paul on a plane. I want to see Tall Paul cooking. I want to see what Tall Paul eats in a day. I mean, I have set something up to and put a couple of videos on there, but I mean, as you know, it it, it's, it takes a lot of time. It and, does. And time is something I don't really have right now, but I mean, it's it's not a great excuse. I mean, it's quite easy to just go out there, film a few things and put it on, on, uh, on the YouTube, but I don't know. I'm just conscious of not putting corny stuff on there. I want it to be good content and people to like it and I want to maintain quite a positive image that I have. And I have got some, well, a lot of raw footage, especially when I'm in New Zealand, traveling around New Zealand. So there will be some stuff coming out soon. I spent a lot of lockdown 
learning how to edit videos and do that side of, side of things. So it is coming. What do you think is the most interesting part of your life? What, what do you think people have been most interested in? That's a good question, actually. Um, like what's the most, I don't know, not bizarre, but like, like how, much, how many calories do you have to eat a day? Yeah, so I do eat a lot of food. That's one of the things I talk about in the schools as well because he asked me about that. But yeah, I try and get like eight, 9,000 calories a day. Oh my God. Uh, but when I was playing, my diet of playing was close to 11,000 calories. And you were playing right? basketball? Yeah. So what's a normal day like now then? What would you, like, so it, sounds, it might sound boring to you, but I'd love to hear what you eat from when you wake up to go to sleep. Yeah, so always like I always start with cereal in the morning. I have like two or three bowls of cereal. Two or um, three bowls. Yeah, what uh, cereal? Um, I'm more of a, sh- a frosted shreddies man. Have you got cocoa pops? Or? I do look quite like cocoa pops, but I like to put a lot of milk in, and obviously it flows over. But <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, are you a big coffee drinker? No, not at all. I'm a big tea drinker. I do like a cup of tea, but. Um, yeah, I do eat a lot of food, and I, I really, really love Italian food, like pasta and stuff like that. So, whenever I do eat, I have like huge portions, and sometimes I overdo it a little bit. But you're not, um, you're, but you're not like big, like you're very, you're very like good shape. You're in really yeah. good shape. Yeah, I mean, I, I do look quite, um, I guess, quite uh, slender, but I mean, I'm 24 stone, so. Yeah, but you've massive. I think you, I think with your physique though, you're in like you're not you're not like you see some people on YouTube that are really seven foot plus and they're like bean poles was yeah. you you're kind of proportionally like a six foot person would be, yeah. I guess. I think that's build. Um, obviously the basketball side of things as well, especially being professional in America, they kind of drill into you strengthening yeah. conditioning. So I spent a lot of time in the weight room and I I don't know, I've always wanted to not be this tall, skinny, lanky guy. Yeah. Um, so especially during university college days I was obsessed with being in the gym and having a little bit of muscle on me and um, my dad's quite a stocky guy as well so naturally the broadness is there and I think I've asked this before are your mum and dad tall yeah my dad is uh six foot seven right um mum's only like five foot seven oh my god and is it genetics for how, how tall you are it, yeah it must be I mean there's a lot of height in the family like all the men are over like six foot six foot yeah. five um, like have you studied it loads have you studied the, the background about being tall or is that not not, not, not really I mean when I was 17 I was I just hit like 7 foot 2 when I was 17 so I was wow. very tall and I was very skinny but I had like all the necessary checks to to make sure everything is okay and once they told me that it's fine I kind of just got on with it really yeah. I mean I've never really been one to shy away from how I am I, don't get me wrong, I do see there's a lot of tall people that approach me on Instagram or whatever and they, they, they kind of struggle being comfortable with themselves and I guess I've been quite lucky to have a, such a supportive family, supportive friendship group and channeled what I have into sports and thankfully I've been been blessed with a bit, a little bit of ability. And um, You are, you're skillful from everything, like say golf-wise, basketball that I've seen. You've got tremendous awareness of your surroundings with yeah. with you know considering your limbs are so long you managed to move them so well i think that's another thing you know what i'm probably forgetting as well is that not only obviously going to be the tallest guy any driving range but a lot of the time you'll be the best player you know five handicap is a good good hand i mean obviously it's not tall pro but if you yeah. were a normal driving range on a wednesday night there might be one or two guys or girls who bought two or three handicap there's not really not many, many people better than you yeah. so that's also quite a. I think that's what other white people also then start watching because not only you're tall, they're like that guy's really tall, but you can you've, got, it. you've got ability as <laughs> that's well. That's one thing. If I walk on a range, I walk down like carrying a tour bag, and they look at me like he's got all this gear and stuff. And then well, you almost always have to carry a tour well, bag, yeah. don't you? And then obviously they see me hitting the balls, and they're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, and I told they had some some approach me like, what club is that? And I tell them, and they're like, what? What? How far is so that going? <laughs> it's um. I I am really proud of being able to to finally hit category one and especially as such a exceptionally tall person to do that as well. I guess is is a credit to myself. So yeah, it is good on you. On the back. Good on you. <laughs> so where are you in the rankings at your golf club? Then are you are you kind of is there a club championship? Have you been close to doing that in the scratch team or anything like that? Or no, there's um, some low guys. There's there. some really low guys like plus plus one plus two and um, I guess I. I'm, I'm in the upper echelon of the, the, the club, but there's, there's plenty of better players than me. And 
I do enjoy playing with those better players as well. Like um, most of the group that I play with are off like four or five similar ability to me, and it's it's nice to play with those better players and something to aspire to. And it uh, does improve your game. I was oh, thinking playing with better players yeah. definitely helps. Most definitely, you surround yeah. yourself with, and you just learn little bits of information like I'd like say we've played with tour players and you have as well like you just learn what they do they're so bloody good I mean that's yeah. what I always walk away and go freaking hell they are bloody good these guys aren't yeah. they like they're a lot they're a lot that's lot, why they're on telly they're yeah. a lot lot better than me like they're not just a little bit they're a lot better than the me one, the one thing I took uh, took away from when we played at the British Masters program with Tyrrell that I've played with someone that's like plus he's plus three and I thought he's like the best goal forever but when he played with Tyrrell, he's just messing around and he shoot like what, like four or five under. Oh, it was like not even, wasn't even trying, was and it? And it just proves like these guys are like a whole step above like the, the 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 rest of us really, and most definitely me. But I mean, like local pros and oh, things like easy. that. Because yeah. not only I always think about this: if I played a tour pro for one round of golf and he had a bad round and I had a great round, it might only be a few shots in it. He yeah. still beat me, but there might only be a few shots in it. But in a tournament, it's four rounds of golf. Yeah. Yeah. And they're only going to have that one bad round, and then the other three are going to be amazing. Yeah. So after four rounds of golf, I might be 20, 25 shots behind them. Like It's a scary thought, that, for how many, how many shots. I think what I always think I'd love to, this would never happen, but because obviously when you get to a tour pro, you're handicapped, but you don't have a handicap. So in a way, you almost vision them as being scrapped when clearly they're not scrapped. I'd love to see a tour event. This is stupid, but a tour event at a normal members golf club I would on normal that. white tees. Because <laughs> I would love that. You can't when, when they're going round like whatever course on the U- US tour or you know in the European tour, and they're shooting a nice solid four under, and it's a par seventy two. I bet the standard scratch would be seventy eight oh, if easy. it was for amateurs. That's so what, it makes it even more impressive than go round there and shoot like a sixty two. Yeah, exactly. Like Justin Rose yesterday shot sixty three. That golf course is yeah. frigging hard. Like, it's 7,500 yards or whatever it is. It's massive. But the only thing is, though, <laughs> local golf courses, they're not going to have these manicured greens, these manicured True. bunkers. So True. will they be able to ad- adapt to that? I'm sure they will, but... Um, yeah, they don't get... They don't get a, 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 don't go in a bunker and they're left in a footprint, are they? Or <laughs> like, but if the course was manicured, I mean, that's the thing they'd probably struggle. The greens won't be as fast as what they used to. But they'd, they'd, a lot of time you see it when, when off-season or lockdown, when players go back to their home courses, they often shoot like a 58, yeah, 59, they'll post 60, it, yeah. won't well, they? Well, yeah, Tyrrell Hatton, and uh, I forget where he played now, but I, I saw him posted something on Instagram where he shot a 59 at I mean. a local course. And he's... That's just like, I, they won't even there's be a walk trying. in the park for him, they I'm literally sure. They won't even be trying. It's um. scary. Going back, so and I'm going to circle back around. You've had three bowls of cereal for your breakfast. <laughs> do you have, then what's like a normal lunch? Like say a big pasta bowl or whatever. Or do you have to plan? Like today, you've come all the way to Manchester. What are you doing for I'm food today? I'm starving. Yeah, I bet. I'm going to go. Is that why you don't, don't want to talk about food? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't really plan food. I kind of just wing it, eat, eat what I want. But the, the funny thing is like whenever I'm eating, I'm thinking what I'm going to eat next. Um, I mean, I'm sure that might be the same for other people, but um, yeah, even when I'm eating, I look forward to be eating again. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 pretty, I pretty much just eat throughout the day. I, um, I snack quite a lot, but I eat really late as well. So I probably have like my last meal at like 11 o'clock at night, 12 yeah. o'clock. Um, have we still got that? Massive bed that got custom made for you. Yeah, I sleep like an absolute baby. I tell you that. You still got the dog. Yeah, because that's a big dog as Rock, well. Isn't big it? Rottweiler. Yeah, that's my that's my baby right there. <laughs> um, yeah, that that's probably one of the best things that's come out of me being so tall and having maybe a little bit of profile now. I was able to get this custom made bed. Oh, it's ridiculous! I remember seeing and pictures. How, how oh, big is it again? It's um, it's eight foot long. Well, I think it's like eight nine foot long seven foot wide oh. it is huge i tell you what getting that up the stairs in the house was an absolute mission how did um, you even do it did it break up in, in pieces so the base was broke up into two and the headboard um was was one but the mattress oh my goodness we literally me and my dad was pushing this thing up oh we had to get my God. mom like pulling it up from the what? top <laughs> that's crazy but um the the delivery the the delivery drivers didn't fancy it. No, they kind of just left it there. But um, and how did you get like? Did you, to, did you have to get sheets made for it? Yeah. So when I ordered the bed, they they did the bed sheets oh and stuff God. like that. So um, I, I was quite lucky to be able to get hold of some of that. But 
Yeah, that's eight uh, foot bed. That, I mean, that's, that's probably. And the, then what happens then when you travel and you're in hotels? Is that a pain? Not really. I mean, you can sleep in a normal just have like a king size bed, bed and yeah. just sleep diagonal. And I've never really wanted to kick up a fuss. Even when I uh, was traveling with the Harlem Globetrotters, we would literally be hotel to hotel, um, and I'd just sleep on a king size bed, sleep across, and would be fine. Even growing up, I used to have like a king size bed and just sleep diagonally and just becomes the norm really and obviously when i'm at home i can pretty much just lay flat out but yeah. it's the one thing that and i'm saying it to your face but i'm saying it to people listening that's you such a like a humble nice <laughs> person like that it always shocks me like I, I really really look not shocks me that's the wrong word but like it's it's so nice to to because you must get pestered it must be a pain in the ass but you're so freaking lovely with it like you you seem so i don't know just comfortable in your own in your own yeah. skin and you in you know what what has been offered to you and it's it's great yeah i mean like i say you have to take the good with the bad and there are a lot of bad things but there's the good outweighs the bad and yeah I, like i say i'm i know how very very fortunate i am to make a living from sport and now being able to to being in the movies and things like that so um granted it's took a lot of hard work and some very fortunate opportunities but um i do believe that a positive mindset attracts positivity and um i'm kind of testament to that really 100 percent, 100 percent. we have paul on the podcast every week i know (laughs) honestly the only problem i sometimes feel and i don't know if this comes like i like talking to you as a person like you like I, I want to ask about the tall questions because that's natural, but I also like talking about you about other stuff as well. Like, do you find the questions about being tall get a bit bo- like boring or like yeah, what's... Th- th- that that is tedious and people say things and they think they're the first person to say. It to how, many ta- how many times? Have you had? Yeah, no, oh. come on. Um, Go on, give us your top three hated, or, or do you think it would spur more on? Well, obviously the worst one is how's the weather up there? Grow bag. You put yeah, in a grow bag. Compost heap or Put whatever. in a grow bag when you was younger and just like, oh my God, how tall are you? And Oh, you're tall? Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit, the only way I can, obviously I can't experience it. The only one is when you what? get like your hair cut and it's like you might have it dead long and messy. You get it cut so it's a lot, lot shorter and someone goes, oh, have you had your hair cut? It's like, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have. Have. It's about the same thing. Your thoughts. Am I? I didn't think I was. But that's what I say. Could, could you imagine going to someone that is obviously my height and the first thing you say to me is like, oh my God, you're tall. Like, come on. Do, like, do you weirdly like tall? Like you'd never say, you'd never, some, a stranger would never go to another stranger and go, oh God, you're fat. Yeah. Or they'd never go, oh God, you're small. <laughs> would they really? Like it well, almost feels. wouldn't think so now. Well, like, tall almost feels like it's acceptable in a weird way. Well, even because most people want to be taller, don't they? That's a th- people see it as a privilege in a way. But if people even led with a how tall are you, I know you get asked that all the time. But that's even more. They're asking the question. Oh yeah, because yeah. they might just want to know. But by saying, "Oh, you're tall," that is just so. Yeah. yeah. I can tell you now. If that's the first thing people approach me with, I kind of just brush them off. Um, yeah. It's not really someone I want to talk to. But if people like say like how are you like what's your name and stuff like that and then lead to that then that's fine like i'll have a normal conversation with you granted the curiosity is going to come in and i'll answer whatever questions as long as they don't overstep the boundaries and things like that but like you said though people do think being so different and being tall they can pretty much ask whatever they want and it's not right and i i have like throughout the years built a lot of comebacks for people that say stupid stuff so um, I'm quick-witted and... Have you ever had to switch it on and give them, like, a look? And they've obviously panicked a bit. I know you're not like that, but has that ever come where you've been really pushed and it's been like... Yeah, yeah, it happens, I mean, quite often, really. And if people trying to, like, show off to their friends and stuff like that. Is that when that. it mainly happens? I feel like that's when it's going to happen. Like, a lad and a couple of other mates, it's like, oh, go, on, go and ask him something, like, yeah. go and ask him this question or whatever. Like, they, quite they often, get yeah. It's that... never going to be a... Husband and wife, I, I wouldn't imagine. That. But that, that's one of the situations where I can see it happening before it happens. Yeah. So if I see people, I catch glimpses of people like looking at me and whatever, and I don't care. But you see like groups of people and then someone approaches you, you know they're trying to like show off to their friends. So if they say something stupid, I'll, without swearing, like, yeah, I'll just yeah. tell them to do one. And yeah. um, I, I don't take no, no hassle. Because I know you went on a lad's holiday. Was it, I bet it was rife then, wasn't it? It was complete opposite. I was, because we went to Ibiza and it's known for like 
uh, clubbing and yeah, yeah. obviously drinking. People getting excited like, yeah. and stuff, yeah. Um, and I was a little bit apprehensive going there because I didn't think it would be the right environment for me, but it was the complete opposite. Really? Like, people were like, they wanted photos and things like that, but they were just showing so much love and uh, whenever we went to nightclubs, we'd get like free drinks wow. from all my group oh, and things awesome. like that. Um, and that, like I, I always say to my friends now, that was literally the best holiday I've ever had. Were you apprehensive before going? Oh, massively. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to go. No, I, I only went because it was my, one of my good friends' stag do's. But I'm so glad I did. And uh, there was just so much love. Like, I felt love wherever I go. And That's great. I literally had no, no hassle at all, which wow. I was quite surprised with. Um, yeah, cause I kind of envisioned that as almost be where, like say, you'd get the, the, the groups of lads trying to be a bit cocky, trying to be yeah. a bit funny. But it's nice that they they just got on with things and yeah. they're probably all out. I was I was so surprised like they're probably not, all off the heads <laughs> pretty <laughs> much <yeah. laughs> it's awesome so like I say goals to get down lower you've got films out you've got TV shows you are a busy busy man um, I feel like we're taking enough of your time up now certainly after talking about food I'm getting hungry as well as you are <laughs> I'm sure um, it's been a pleasure as always I definitely think we need to do videos every year at least <laughs> that 100% every year. Every year we'll get a tall Paul video. Yeah. Um, if we have to come to New Zealand, we have to come to New Zealand. <laughs> hey, there's okay. a golf course you want to play over there, there right? Is. Well, there's a golf course on my wish list, Cape Kidnappers. It is bar the unobtainable ones like Augusta and thing. Cape Kidnappers is in my top three. So how would you feel if I release a YouTube video of me playing Cape Kidnappers? I'd love it. <laughs> I think I'd love it for two reasons. One, it's you. Two, it's tall Paul. Yeah. Of course I'd want to watch it. Of course I'd want to watch it. I'd be a bit knocked off. But <laughs> no, I'd love, honestly, it's, a, it's an amazing track. You've got to play it. Honestly, it's different level. It's, a, it's on the list. It's it on the list. It is different level. Um, thanks so much, Paul, for your time. My pleasure. Everyone listen to the podcast. Thank you so much. Video coming out soon with Paul, if it's not already out. If it's not already out, make sure, if you're interested, go and watch the other video. As we said, the one that's got about 150,000 views. It's really good. You'll see all Paul's clubs on there. You'll learn a bit more about them again. Check around on social media and subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. Thank you, everybody. Any last words, Paul? Thanks for having me and go watch the videos. Perfect. <laughs> Check me out on social media as well. Natural. We shall see you all very soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.